0: What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callener here. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of your day. I appreciate it. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Some days, it's like drinking from a fire hose. you got got lots of topics. And some days, like today, there's like nothing going on. It's just... <laughs> All right. No, we will get to the Madison Cawthorn uh, Congressional... Uh, run topic that'll come up uh, later. I know we covered a little bit yesterday, but new developments, namely that he's, he is running um, in district 13, Madison Cawthorn going to make a, uh, a jump. So we'll get into that uh, later. We got Becky Gray from the John Locke foundation. I'll talk to Dr. Chris Cooper from Western Carolina university about all of this. Um, but first couple of, uh, I guess it was probably about almost two weeks ago now that uh, Governor Roy Cooper vetoed the latest Republican bill that sought to rein in his powers under the Emergency Management Act. And uh, the Associated Press' is Gary Robertson reporting at the time that the legislation would have required other elected leaders to sign off on long-term emergency declarations like those for COVID-19 the governor vetoed a measure that is somewhat similar to a bill that was run in 2020 that he also vetoed this year's bill would have required enforcement of a gubernatorial statewide emergency order for only seven days, unless a majority of the council of state agreed to extend it. It can go up to 45 days for the emergency order to go longer than that. Then the legislature would have to pass a law doing so. So this was the law or the uh, rather the bill that was proposed in the latest round. Now I do find this interesting that for all of the media attention on the budget and whether or not Cooper or the legislative leaders are going to negotiate, who will cooperate, who will bend, who will break, who will give, who will take all of that. We don't get any of that on the EMA fix. That's what I call it. The emergency management act fix because The EMA, as it was drafted, has a problem. It allows for the indefinite and uh, essentially limitless powers of an executive uh, order of an emergency. We are still in. We are past 600 days under this declaration of an emergency by the governor. And that's. Not, I that was not the intent. If you read the Emergency Management Act, that's not what the intent of the EMA was about. It was designed to respond to localized short term emergencies. This was a statewide declared emergency. And even Governor Cooper, and I'll go into some of this uh, in a bit, but even Governor Cooper recognized that there was a need to go to the Council of State to get their concurrence, to get their approval. The Council of State is comprised of all of the statewide elected offices, including the governor. He's part of the Council of State. And they meet like once a month. So you got the, you got the governor, you got the lieutenant governor, you got the attorney general, the secretary of state, secretary of labor, uh, insurance commissioner, um, ag commissioner. Um uh, treasurer, auditor, and superintendent for public instruction. So there were ten of them. See, I'm getting better at naming these off the top of my head. If I ever get into a trivia contest on something like this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fire. Um so there's there are, so you got ten elected statewide offices like that, uh, that I just listed. Six of those are held by Republicans, four are held by Democrats right now, at the moment. Um he went to the, he's, he went to the Council of State at the time, and which was also a 6-4 split, Republican majority, and he asked them for concurrence on what he was about to do, and then he changed course when it became evident he was not going to get their approval to do an emergency order shutdown of all of the businesses. And so that's when they made up this interpretation that he didn't need Council of State approval because the local jurisdictions were not able to, uh, to respond effectively. That was their rationale. Republicans right now do not have the votes to override his veto, because Democrats refuse to bend on this, which is one of the reasons, there are several, but one of the reasons why I have zero Patience or tolerance. I give no quarter to media and Democrats, but I repeat myself and their arguments about how, uh, you know, the Republicans need to step up and be better than us. That's essentially their arguments because they refuse to go along with a fix for this act. They won't do it. Even though we all know full well if a Republican governor had declared a limitless, indefinite state of emergency, Democrats would be fit to be tied. We would be hearing daily about threats to our democracy, right? We would be treated to the wild hysteria that is surrounded, uh, that has surrounded the January 6th riot at the Capitol, right? Imagine that, but like louder, more consistent than constant. And it would just be, oh my gosh, it would just be overwhelming. Because this is what they do. They flood the zone. Because they control the zone. They, and, and they don't believe they do. This is the irony here: is They don't believe they do control the zone. But they do. They... Like I saw... Hang on. I, well... There's a tweet. Uh, let me make a note here. There's a tweet I need to make sure I read. It'll be during the... Uh, uh, the, the Madison Cawthorn... Sorry, I was just writing it down. There's a tweet I need to pull during the uh, Madison Cawthorn discussion. But it... it It speaks to this. okay? Um, but they would flood the zone with total nonstop coverage of about how this is a threat to our democracy. We're never going to be able to get out from underneath this evil Republican state of emergency. The bill, this was an error. uh, I believe it was John Hood at the John Locke Foundation. He said this to me several months ago or a year ago, I guess he said it was it was an error. It was a mistake in bill drafting. That's likely what occurred. They just it was an oversight and that's what gave Cooper the ability to uh, to run right through this. The bill in uh, th- that the legislature passed would have demanded that a governor get formal Council of state support when the state health director wants to issue quarantine and isolation orders for groups of people that last longer than seven days. So what this is doing is it's putting checks and balances on the governor's powers. Because the governor, and by the way, like the the iterations of this bill always allowed for the governor to declare states of emergency for localized events. So if you have a hurricane that hits, a tornado that hits, or flooding or something, and it affects, you know, a county, 10 counties, even like up to 65 counties basically. Because the, the level that the state legislature put in was two-thirds or more of the counties. If you want to declare a state of emergency for the entire state, quote-unquote, the entire state, and the entire state was defined as more than two-thirds of the, count, of the counties. So anything less than two-thirds, the governor still has free reign to do whatever he wants. But if you went above that two-thirds threshold and you declared a statewide emergency, then there would have to be... Some checks and balances applied to the governor, so he doesn't just get to govern by fiat, just by edict, dictate. And that's what he's been doing. And you can agree. See, and this is the thing: it doesn't matter to me what it's about. It really doesn't. I don't care whether it's about uh mask mandates, whether it's about stay-at-home orders. It like it doesn't matter. You don't get to do this, you don't allow one person to get this much power because I don't care who it is no one person should be able to do what this governor has done shutting specifically the shutting down the businesses like you you don't get to do that and you because he could do that he could reinstitute that tomorrow if he wanted to oh Pete he wouldn't do that how do you know that how do you know that let's pretend that he's a terrible person and he's a He's a Republican. I know, Pete. You're just repeating yourself there. But let's just assume that. Do you still have the same opinion that he should be able to shut down businesses as he see fits? Uh, as he sees fit, rather, for as long as he wants? Indefinitely? Come on. News talk 99 993 WBT. I do like to play the game. It's not whataboutism. Although I am of the David Harsani philosophy on whataboutism that I'm okay with it. David Arsani, the writer for National Review, uh, book author as well. Uh, I got to get him back on the show, actually. So uh, David Arsani is like, oh, I'm a big fan of whataboutism. Because it's a way you, that you highlight the hypocritical standard of your opponent. So I'm okay with whataboutism in certain, I mean, if you're using it in order to excuse Bad behavior, then no, I'm not a fan of that. But what about-ism, when used to highlight the double standard of somebody else? Totally fine with it. And so the the game that we all love to play, you know, what if a Republican did it, <laughs> or uh, a more specific game, what if it was Donald Trump instead? Like it's the same kind of, the same rules, same rules apply, you know, to this game either way. But the people on the left who have such a problem with things that Donald Trump does, have no problem when their guys do it, and vice versa, right? If their guys are doing something and they're they're supporting stuff that their guys are doing, and then you know they would oppose it if it was Trump. And if Donald Trump had issued some sort of an emergency declaration in perpetuity, without limit, people would blow a gasket. There might have been, like, riots like all summer long or something. Like, that... By the way, I have been following the the Rittenhouse stuff. May uh, get into some of that as well because it's gone. I believe now it's going to go to the jury. The prosecution did its closing remarks. All right. So I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I watched yesterday's stuff. Um, Man, that Hernandez guy. (laughs) The the prosecution did not. I have not been impressed with this assistant DA binger. Not impressive. He had nothing. He had nothing; could not touch this. Uh, the the guy who videotaped the attack on Kyle Rittenhouse, anyway, um, and and thought he had scored some points by you know making some point of like that's so not a something not a journalist would do. Like the dudes, he said he's a political commentator. <laughs> he shot video, and it was hilarious because he kept on saying he would always work into his answers. Rioters and looters. He just kept saying it over and over and over again. <laughs> anyway, uh, if North Carolina's governor was a Republican and he had just assumed limitless and indefinite powers under the Emergency Management Act, I suspect there would be a lot of people on the left that would have a really big problem with it. I suspect that we would be seeing uh, editorials written by Uh, The McClatchy boards by the the guy that the Goodman family hired at uh, WRAL, uh, the political cartoonist guy who's also a a social studies teacher and kind of a racist. But like like I am sure that the left wing media echo chamber in this state would be going nuts. Could you imagine if Mark Robinson had done something like that? Imagine Mark Robinson with limitless powers to shut down various sectors of the economy forever, for as long as he wanted to. All in the name of what he perceives to be safety, based, of course, on the science and data. Here was the explanation that Governor Cooper gave when he vetoed House Bill 264, which was an act to clarify the expiration of a statewide State of emergency and the exercise of certain powers under a statewide state of emergency. Here's what he said North Carolina is emerging from a global pandemic with lives saved and a strong economy because of effective statewide measures. Okay, I got questions about that. I'm not even through the first sentence, and I'm already saying BS on this. Sorry. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. The governor vetoed the Emergency Management Act fix bill. I call it the EMA fix. And he said in his statement when he vetoed it that North Carolina is emerging from a global pandemic with lives saved and a strong economy because of effective statewide measures to protect public health under the EMA. He just says that he just says it as if it's true. And I don't know if that's actually true, because there are studies that show that the lockdowns actually cost more lives than covid did. And will continue to do so, by the way. But he just says this and nobody ever pushes back on it. There are studies like uh, I've covered them before. Critical decisions about stopping deadly diseases or responding to any other emergency should stay with experts in public health and safety, not a committee of partisan politicians. You're a partisan politician. My goodness. And by the way, his um experts that he relies on, we don't know who all of those are. He's never, he, he's never identified, like, here's the whole panel of people that I talk to. He just talks about how he talks to people in different areas and the experts and the science and data. And he always talks about these things in the mantra-like form, but he never he never lists all of the people, all the credentials. And we never get to see any of their debate. We never get to hear the points they raise. Is everybody in agreement on everything all the time? Are there ever disagreements about things? Do we get to hear what those disagreements are? So to be clear, for the party that's all about democracy, they're fine with there being no actual representation. Well, we elected Roy Cooper, and that's enough for us, by golly. Well, why would one person be better than 10 people in this case? right? Why would one person, relying on his experts, why would his opinion be better than 10 people's opinion? It wouldn't. Not necessarily, especially if all 10 of the people are getting all of the same information from the panel of the experts. You might actually get better opinions. You would get better information. You'd get better questions because not everybody would see the issue the same way. That's called diversity. I don't know. Maybe you've heard about this thing. It's a, it's a concept. And Anyway. all right. Let me jump over here. This is uh, Adam. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the show. What's going on?
1: Hey, Pete. You lost 57
0: pounds in 14 weeks? Correct. Yes, sir. Congratulations. That's well, thank fantastic. you. I appreciate it. No, it's PhD hey, weight loss and nutrition. They're the ones, yeah. All Yeah. I'll check them out.
1: Hey, man, I, I don't think that any one person should unilaterally have the ability to shut down businesses, but I think you're being a little hard on Governor Cooper. It was the beginning of the pandemic. Nobody knew anything about it. True. We were still disinfecting groceries. What was he supposed to do? Just ignore it and say, hey, I think everything will be fine.
0: Oh, to, were those the only options available to me? Uh, oh, I don't know. What, what? What? Give me some other options, Pete. Well, so the option that is laid out in the EMA fix was you get the immediate response the governor gets to take, but then after you, you have certain timelines that once you hit the timeline, then uh, you've got to go to Council of State. If it goes longer than 45 days in this iteration of the bill, it was uh, you got to go back to the legislature for, uh, uh, approval of the emergency powers to continue. So there were different, and there were previous versions of, of uh, different kinds of fixes where uh, they, you know, there was like a 30-day window. So the whole point was to you give the governor the initial period of time to respond, but then after that initial period, he doesn't get to keep the emergency declaration going forever, which is where we are now. He gets to keep this forever, and that's the whole point of the fix is to say. You don't get to do that forever. You can you, you can react immediately, but not forever. Does that make sense? That's why I said like those aren't the only options available to me. Is for him to do nothing, or to him have indefinite power forever.
1: Okay, I was I was just speaking to the beginning of the pandemic. I, I just got yeah, yeah. the guy a break because nobody knew what was happening.
0: I said the same thing. I gave him a lot of latitude at the very beginning. I wasn't beaten up on the guy at the beginning because that's just every, like uh, Dr. Greg Murphy said, the congressman, he's like, we're building the plane while we're flying it. It's brand new. Nobody knows what's going on. No one knows how, uh, like you said, the, yeah, people were wiping down um, tables and getting groceries left outside the door and all this. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody knew what, what to think of any of this stuff. But that actually speaks to the point here, which is that if you have – One, you got one person making these decisions. Does he benefit from more or less information coming in? And I would submit more information is better because, like, for example, Steve Troxler, agriculture commissioner, right? That guy, he's in charge of like the biggest sector of our economy in this state. And he might have some insight about what he's learned in the ag field. Um, you know, with the impact on like the processing plants, right? Like all of the meat processors and stuff at the beginning. Remember, and he mm-hmm. what he was seeing, like he could have come to the Council of State, and he could have gone to the governor and been like, "This is what we're seeing. Here's what the industry says they can do. Here's what they can't do, and whatever." Like more information seems like it would have been better.
1: Well, maybe he had that information. We'll just he, never
0: know. No, he did it. But, but, well, no, he didn't get it from. But he didn't get it from any of the elected people who we who voters put in place. In order to represent the, like the uh, commissioner of uh, labor, for example, they would have had information. The attorney general, with various impacts on law, would have had information. Like that, that's the whole point of all of these uh, elected positions, right? They all come together, and they would be able to, you know, provide the insight out of their area of expertise. Pete, I'm
1: glad you're back in town, buddy.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Um, let me. Uh, what do I got here? Not enough time to be fair to a caller. David, stay on the line. I'm missing the point. All right. David, stay on the uh, line. I'll get to you up next. First, let's bounce on over to uh, traffic with Boomer Von Cannon here if he's available. I know yes, I'm going sir. a little... Yeah, I knew he would be there. <laughs> yes, he sir. just He lays. He just lays in wait. Yes, that's right. Just in constant... Uh, just constant waiting for me to just throw it, throw it to him, whether it's a minute early or seven minutes late. <laughs> like that baseball player oh, look, in the batter's box. Look, you know? <laughs> and David, look, David just hung up, too. Oh, no, David. Come I on, went man. to Boomer early just specifically so I wouldn't waste. I, I wanted to give David more time. it won't he doesn't take get, long, David. Call back. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you so impatient. Here I am, back early from the break, just so I could take David's phone call. <laughs> no, he's not there. He hung up. He did not want to wait through the break so he could he could talk with me. It's it's a sad state of affairs. Rittenhouse's trial is still going on day nine. I, I thought for some reason that uh I saw somebody I guess the defense had rested. I guess now we're back on uh the state gets to I don't know, are they making their closing arguments? I don't know. I gotta go check during the break. I apologize. Um but I was talking about this emergency management act fix that Governor Cooper vetoed and See, this is the thing that gets me, too, is like if, uh, like, caller Adam said there that, you know, give Cooper a break. He didn't know, but nobody knew what to expect. It was a brand new, you know, uh, pandemic and all this. And and I get all of that. But this is what makes it all the more curious. Like, we're already past it. We're past the part where we don't know what's happening. We we now know what's happening. We know it's aerosolized. We know it's not contact-based, right? So... you're going to get it through the air. You're not going to get it from the surfaces unless somebody, like, you know, spits on a doorknob and then you lick it or something. Um, sorry, I forgot this lunch hour. My apologies. I did not. Okay. So this would be the time to rein in the power because you already passed the need for it. There isn't any reason right now to maintain this is essentially a, this is a loophole that he's using. And there is a lawsuit against this, and maybe they're just going to ride it out all the way through the, uh, uh, through the trial. I don't know. They're going to make the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation go to court over it. He says, though, in this statement when he vetoed the bill... He said, we must be able to act quickly and thoroughly when deadly diseases, hurricanes, or any other uh, dangers threaten people's lives and jobs. An emergency needs decisive, quick, and comprehensive action, but not bureaucracy and politics. Therefore, I veto the bill. Once again, no iteration of the bill ever, and there have been several, none of them that I've ever seen, that ever came close to passing, let alone passed, none of them have ever said he cannot act immediately he's given all of this, the the current latitude and power that he has has uh, assumed over the last 2 years he would maintain that the question becomes what happens after a period of time and i just don't think you get to i don't think you get to claim the 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 standard of you know defenders of democracy and the anti-fascists and the uh the warriors against authoritarianism i don't think you get to claim that standard while defending this kind of action because nobody should have limitless power indefinitely and that's what he has assumed for himself dean welcome to the program hello dean what's up no
1: i just wondered what what you thought uh, governor cooper's end game was then i mean is he is he just power hungry does he does, you know is he trying to act right but just the wrong person at the wrong time or
0: what's up what is what do i think his end game is
1: well you, you know you're sort of making him out like uh, a power hungry tyrant that wants to rule over everyone
0: i have not said that
1: no, you didn't say that. I said that. Right. But that's what, that
0: was the innuendo you gave. That's what happens when you have limitless and indefinite power. So, yeah, it would be a natural assumption that somebody who is interested in limitless and indefinite power would want to be able to exercise that. Now, I don't know if that's Cooper's intent. I don't know if that's what his motivation is. You can assume it's the most pure motivation ever. I don't care. It did... It is irrelevant to me. His motivation for vetoing this stuff doesn't matter to me because what matters is the fact that the Emergency Management Act gives the governor, any governor, all governors, the power to do what he's been doing. I find that to be objectionable. That's my objection.
1: What do you think? His motives are pure or dishonest?
0: No idea. At this point, well, yeah, I, d- I no it. no. At this point, I don't have any idea. At the beginning, I could give him, and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. At the beginning, two years ago, absolutely, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I said he's trying to keep people safe, he's doing what he thinks needs to be done, and uh, he's got you know he's gotten uh, he's he's gotten uh, different advice from different people, but the Council of State they were with him on all of his emergency orders except for one, which was the shuttering of the businesses. He did not have buy-in from Republican members on the council of state for that.
1: So is it a matter of all the politicians scratching each other's back to, to back the right person to, you know, promote their careers that, and the people are being forgotten about.
0: I'm not following that question.
1: Well, I mean, if he was, You know, if he was doing the right thing then, isn't he still doing the right thing today? I mean, it's not like he he said, I'm going to be king and I'm going to tell you what to do. He's just using the structure that's been given him.
0: Right. No. So the answer, short answer is no. Just because he may have been acting right before doesn't mean the continuation of his actions now are equally right. Because circumstances change, just like Caller Adam pointed out, right? Nobody knew at the beginning how the thing was even spread. So, the actions that one takes at the beginning are going to be different once you develop you know more information. you get more research and data about how it's spread and where it's spreading and that sort of stuff. so no the the actions that you adopt at the beginning don't automatically make the actions uh, acceptable in perpetuity no
1: well the the power that that was given to him then and the power that he's using today. How is that given to him? And maybe we should be talking about those people taking away those, you know, the 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 ability of the governor to intervene. Yeah,
0: that's well. That's that. what the legislature did. That's what the legislature has tried to do on a couple of occasions. They've tried to take that power away from the office of the governor because of the way the bill was originally written by the legislature, right? The 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 bill. And that was written, came out of the legislative branch. It was signed by the governor, became law. And then years and years later, we have the pandemic and the governor uses the Emergency Management Act, uses that that law in order to take this limitless and indefinite power. And the legislature says, whoa, we didn't mean for that to happen. And so they went and tried to fix it, tried to put some some, uh, you know, some time limits on it. To say, if you want this, you know, if there's an emergency that's lasting this long, then you should be getting more people involved. And by the way, I would submit that had he gotten buy-in from Republican Council of State members, then I think that we would have seen a different kind of reaction, particularly on the mask mandates. Maybe they wouldn't have been as politicized, right? Maybe not, but maybe. We, We would never know. But I, I, I do know that if you got one guy in charge and he's like, do this or else, and he starts, you know, issuing mandates and fines and stuff. And by the way, I'm going to take you out to Asheville in a minute and uh, give you an update on a restaurant that opened up during the lockdowns. Yeah, they're, they're at trial right now. <laughs>